Welcome to episode 50 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play The Wolf Among Us, season 1, episode 4, A Sheep in Wolf's Clothing. This is our 50th episode of the show, and if you've been listening for one episode or all 50 episodes, we just want to say thank you. We would not be here without you. If you like the show, consider a review on Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating and an accompanying review goes a long way. Episode four of The Wolf Among Us starts out with a bang, and um, it made some of us a little sick. So how did you guys feel then when you have to reset the bone yourself? So I was sitting in the couch in the fetal position, just like visibly... Heaving. Just heaving. Just heaving hard because you have to like place the bone and it it's not the first time that right. gets it. Ugh. You literally have to pull the bone out and put it just it's not good. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about another great episode. Let's talk about another great episode with another great friend. His name is Mo Murtati. Episode four. Let's go, boys. A very special milestone for the Left Behind Game Club, episode 50. Congratulations, gentlemen, on 50 episodes of this program. We did it. Congrats, Jake. We made we it. Con- Congratulations, and thanks to everyone at home who's listening to this. We would not be here without you. This is the fourth episode of The Wolf Among Us. We have had three episodes prior to this, episodes 47, 48, and 49. If you've not listened to those, I would recommend that you probably go back to those. Yeah. Might be a good idea. You can hear how terrible I was to children, <laughs> um, how Mike was just an upstanding fellow. He was just a nice guy. And how Mo kind of ebbed and flowed, depending yeah. on the situation. My, my big bad wolf was from Canada. You know, he's, he was a nice guy. Just a friendly dude. Here's the thing, though. Not all Canadians are nice. That's true. But, you know, playing on stereotypes. Most of exactly. them um, This is the fourth episode in Sheep's Clothing. Gentlemen, can one of you open up this wonderful episode for us? Um, so last I checked, we got shotgunned in the face and the chest all over the place by some lovely lady named Bloody Mary. Um, we also got our arms snapped in half, and we met, I guess, the major villain in the series, the Miracle Man, the Mystery Man. The Crooked Man. man. The Crooked Man. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where we left off. We saw him kind of drive off in a limousine. We met Bloody Mary, the violent new antagonist, and we're kind of like stuck there giving up our only asset. Uh, what was his name? The little Ichabod Crane. Crane. You guys are the best. You guys are the Jinx, best. You owe me a coke. So that's kind of where we are. We're, we're broken. We're defeated. We just got messed up, and we see this big bad guy, and we have no idea what's going to happen next and how we're going to take him down. Um, I wanted to vomit when this episode started because I'm not good with blood or bones. Oh, really? Nope. Oh, nope. I'm real bad with like uh blood and guts of real people, like <clears throat> real people who are like you know in surgery or or actually hurt mm-hmm. uh but seeing seeing like you know video game violence and gore does not bother me at all so that's I'm desensitized the th- that's the thing with me though i ha- i'm the same way as jacob when i see realistic believable portrayals of injuries especially how the wolf among us did it with the bone sticking out of the hand the wrist your wrist and your palm kind of limp laying down there 
that kind of did it for me. I said, that's believable. I'm in the game. I'm this person. I'm the big bad wolf. And my arm is broken. It was bad. Yeesh. So how did you guys feel then when we get to one of, I think, the first quick time events in this where you have to reset the bone yourself while Dr. Swinehart, Swinehart was uh, pulling all of the hollow shell bullet fragments out of your out of your guts. So I was sitting in the couch in the fetal position, just like visibly <laughs> heaving, just heaving, just heaving hard because you have to like place the bone and it, it's not the first time that right. gets it. Oh. You literally have to pull the bone out and put it just it's not good. Mo, were you in the same boat? Uh, even worse so i my i had a weird situation with episode uh, four i originally started playing it on my pc like my home gaming machine and got maybe like 15 minutes into it and didn't realize i didn't have time to finish it so when i picked up the game i was mobile on a laptop on a train oh and no i realized i had to start the game over now the wonderful oh. thing about saves is they don't connect to your machine unless you're connected to the internet there's no like steam sync unless you're able to do that on the train there's no steam sync I didn't get any of my saves. In my head, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm about to attach someone's arm and this poor passenger next to me is going to see it. Can I? Can we just imagine and roleplay a second the train passengers who are watching Mo play The Wolf Among Us where a guy's like arm is being replaced? I would, I would probably want to die. <laughs> I'd be Especially like... Especially with your proclivities of uh, not appreciating gore and violence. I'd be like, oh, look at that, that hairy, attractive gentleman in, in <laughs> video game form. He looks... Oh, no... Sorry, I thought you said hairy, attractive gentleman. I thought you were talking about Mo. I heard the same thing, Mike. I heard the same thing. I was like, oh, Jacob. Very, very no, I was kind. Talking about Big B. I was talking about Big gotcha, B. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was, mean, no offense, Mo. No, 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 none taken. I was actually flattered. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it was just as cringy as you guys can imagine. I, But then again, for me, I said, I have this four-hour trip. I'm going to be able to knock out episode four and episode five. I don't care who's sitting next to me. Let me just get this game going. Um, so, yeah, I put it together. I might have jumped a bit, too, when I attached the the arm back into its socket so okay so we all get through the the, the mini game Thank or the you. quick time event of putting our arm and resetting the, the broken bone um so th- the first question i want to ask you guys so this episode was called a wolf in sheep's clothing what do you think that means how do you think that plays into this episode did you have any hints or ideas going into this not really. Um, I, I think now that you bring it up, Mike, I, I kind of, this might be like that turning point in the game where you kind of have to decide like what big bad wolf are you? Are you the wolf in sheep's clothing or maybe are you the fragile sheep that's going to follow along? Ah, that's that's an kind interesting of, way to look at it. That's kind of where I saw it because at this point you hit that wall. You're almost completely defeated. What direction are you going to go? Are you going to go vengeful? Or are you not? What are you going to do? Jacob, where did you, what did you think of the title, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing? Did you put any thought to it? No, I, I just kind of said, oh, that's a, that's a clever, I mean, it's a, it's a common turn of phrase, right? right. So I, I just thought of it that way, because some of the other episodes, you know, when you go through them, you know, episode one is Faith, episode three was A Crooked Mile, like, I, I just didn't think anything of right. it. Please enlighten us if there's so, something here. So, you know, w- without going all the way back to beginning, the, the, this game is about finding out that there is an underworld for these glamours and that there is a whole population that Bigby has not been able to take care of as a police officer for these fables and a subsequent murder investigations that have led to this point where the fingers firmly pointed at the crooked man. Um, but, the, you know, the phrase a wolf in sheep's clothing tends to mean, well, 
they look very innocent, but they're actually extremely dangerous. And so that made me think, okay, it could, it could be that the crooked man looks very innocent and is extremely dangerous, or it could mean someone who seems very innocent so far is actually very dangerous. Mm. And so that's, uh, it got my gears turning because, you know, playing through this whole game, I've been trying to solve the whole mystery of this well before we get to the end, because that's where I get my, my jollies. That's where I get my rocks off. Um, and so I, I started thinking, okay, who are the, who are the people that are the, the sheep's, uh, you know, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing. And, uh, and you know, there are some, I, I think some interesting, uh, fable themed wolf in sheep's clothing characters. But I think, I think we'll probably get to that as we go through the, through the story of, this episode i just adore how differently we've taken these games like i'm using this game as therapy you know you're you're taking this game and and really looking at it from a holistic point of view and you know not pointing accusatory index fingers at people yeah mo how would you describe kind of what how you're playing the game because i I think mike and i are on polar opposite ends i'm a good guy jacob's a bad guy I'm just having fun. I'm I'm taking every single scene how I see it. I'm not choosing one persona or the other. I, I'm just trying to be just living that uh, middle path. Live, yeah, live, and also living in the moment in this game because I feel like I'm always thinking about what my actions are going to eventually end up costing me or not costing me. So I'm look. I, I th- process that all at once, and that's kind of how I make my decisions. And yeah. if it, there's something funny, I'll go towards it. If there's something ruthless, and it's like this might be pretty cool, I'll go towards that. Most uh, philosophies live, laugh, love. <laughs> yeah, you know, short, short of having short of having the tattoo on me, uh, that's yeah. pretty much it. In this nothing game, that's what I'm doing. Mo loves more than sitting in front of his computer, playing the Wolf Among Us, and uh, sipping a nice county, or or on the t- on the train, making people vomit on public transit. Right, that's true. That too. I mean, look, hey, sometimes you got to get your fix where you can. Sometimes you get to do it in the comfort of your home with a glass of wine. You know how I get my jollies? How by being mean to Colin? Okay, so after you set your arm. You're in your your apartment, was it? Yeah. And you're surrounded by Dr. Swinehart, mm-hmm. Snow White, and Colin, one of the little piggies that you blew his house down, mm-hmm. who's talking to you. He always wants smokes. He is. He's like the least well-behaved piggy. I thought the piggies were supposed to be pretty innocent, but he sounds like he smokes a couple packs a day. Mm-hmm. What what is What happens in the apartment? So... Really, after that, you have to decide what you're going to do next, right? So um, I think that the conversation with Snow White goes a certain way, but with Colin, you have to decide... What is Snow White asking you? Uh, so essentially what you're trying to figure out now is who's in charge of the city. It's definitely all in cahoots. No one right. knows who's responsible for what. And Snow kind of maybe takes on that role of saying, you know what? This town needs to be changed. I'll step up. I'll be the new leader. I'll start making the, the shots. And one of the big decisions she calls out is, okay, well then if if uh, any of these fairy tale characters don't have their glamour on they have to go to the farm and that's kind of like her first ordered decision and bigby's stuck in between deciding does he like kind of back snow and understand her point of view or does he support colin his roommate who he's kind of been with like living together with for a while my my big b was not backed into a corner yet no no qualms about it rules are the rules you wear your glamours if you're an animal fable. yeah colin you're a freeloader get out of my apartment yeah. Even though he does a great job defending you to Snow and saying that, you know, 
Big B does what he has to do to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Like you can't put shackles on this guy because he's only going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, th- some situations call for doing things that step outside the law a little bit. What What did you guys uh, do in that situation? I just know that Colin is using me, and that oh. he sees the man who's making the bacon. Pardon the pun. Uh, wow. <laughs> so I'm just like Colin. Get out of my house. Stop trying to steal my cigarettes. Uh, I felt the complete opposite. I thought I huffed and puffed and blew his damn house down. So <laughs> I kind of owed him one. And this is kind of the one where I said, you know what? He's also a day one. He lives with me. He's my roommate. He's I'm gonna, a day one. I'm, I'm going to have to make sure he's taken care OG of. Crew. And Snow, she's, she wasn't elected. She's kind of just taking on this position, throwing out orders here and there. Who, who, who gives her the right to kind of just boss all these and t- torment these characters around? I just saw what happened. They can't afford glamours. And you know what? If anything, Colin gets the the pass. Maybe we can enforce it to everyone else. I think that's also the route I did. I said Colin can stay, but I'm not enforcing it or mm. whatever. See, I I did feel sympathy for the the whole glamours are expensive, um, and it's unfair to the fables who don't look like humans. Um, and there's kind of Colin makes an okay argument that like he's a pig. Like you know, it's a weird pet, but some people might have a pet pig. Um, the, the he's thing, trying to be a ham all the time, yeah. and I'm just not about it. The thing, <laughs> the the thing that, that I could keep going. Don't please. I just tell him to hoof it and hightail it out of here. Jacob McCourt, the pun lord. <laughs> so at this point, though, this is when you kind of find out. <laughs> Thank you, Mo. Yeah. So at this point, this is kind of where you find out that uh, I think Nerissa is in talks and wants to speak to you because she's at the end of that last episode. She saw the interaction with the the crooked man and yourself, and she looked like she had a guilty face and wanted to continue the conversation with you. So you kind of trot along back to your office, I guess, and you have like a one on one desk kind of chat with her to kind of figure out what's going on. Um I think this is exactly when, like, she's trying to break through the spell, like, when she's talking, or because when she, when, she's not able to speak specifics about what's been happening, but you can tell somehow, some way, or I guess I did, I guess I picked it up pretty quick, that she's trying to tell me who to look at and what's going on, but she absolutely mm-hmm. can't. So it's very vague hints. Did you guys pick up anything early on or no? Was was that not the moment that you find out that the, the spell is in the ribbon around her throat? Yeah, because what I did is I think I got to the end of the conversation. It was still a little vague. And I said, like, can I, like, touch the ribbon? And my interaction Ooh. was she slammed, like, the chair down. She ran away. She's like, don't do that. The most terrible thing will happen if you do that. And that's when you all connect the dots. Okay. All these severed heads are either because this was removed or they told the truth or something in between. I also just wanted to get to the bottom of things, and I just went for the ribbon. You're, you're, oh man, I what just, a big B. I just enter, <laughs> I pulled a big B, womp womp. I think this in particular gets you down the same path regardless of what you do. Because um, my initial playthrough, I got to this point, and I think I asked, like, is there any way to break the spell? And in that dialogue, you kind of reach over to, like, tell her that, and she still freaks out. And then on the train, I think I asked her, like, uh, I can't, I can't remember what I did, but I didn't choose that route. And the same, like, similar motion happened. She knocked the chair down. She fell to the wall and said, don't do Absolutely. that. Yeah. She freaked out in mine, and I, I chose the one that was the most mild because I pieced it together. I didn't need to try and take it off her and watch her head fall off. You are a master sleuth. That's it. I, I like putting two and two together and making four. I like yeah. connecting the dots. Not like them accountants. Two plus two equals five. 
Minus one is three. Quick maths. After that, Beauty and the Beast is where you go next, correct? Yes. You get that phone yes. call or something, or you hear there's a well, phone call coming. Narissa gives you the hint. She's like, yes, like you should definitely go check that out. Where she doesn't tell you exactly what it is, but she's like, yeah, 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 like definitely go see them. Mm-hmm. And so you head over to the apartments and you, you're like, oh, it's true. They do have the smallest apartment in all of the woodlands. And uh, when you get there, Beast is just not happy to see you. Because when you previously left off, you were in a massive brawl with him. And then uh, after having knocked down a door, you find a bloody bed and a murder scene and, you know, things don't go well. And so his last interaction with you is you lying to him or fighting with him about where his wife was. And you come to find out that Beast didn't know you were coming over. And it was Beauty that calls you. Yeah. And when you do kind of connect with them, they're in already an argument. Um, it's a mix between like, yeah, what the just most previous interaction. But you can tell they're like stressed out living together. Something's going on like with the household. Um, and not to fast forward too much, but at one point you eventually realize that, hey, Big B can help them with something, and the phone rings. Once that phone rings, my interaction, I think, was like, pick up the phone, let Beast answer it, or something yeah, along those lines. Do? I can't remember. I think I answered the phone. Ooh. I think. And what happened? Um, I didn't. I don't think I spoke in the phone, but I heard like the guy yelling, saying, like, give us our money. Like, we're coming to collect. You've been dodging us for a while. And you realize, uh-oh, they're in somewhere deep. Right. And they owe money. And, like, he starts talking about their lavish lifestyle. They can't afford things anymore. And then ask him for some help. Jacob, what did you do with the phone? Yeah, so their apartment was, like, incredibly well furnished, um, which was, to me, was the first. Fancy. Yeah, it was fancy. And to me, that was the first, like, hmm. In a lot of shows, you see, like, they're in a small apartment, but then it's, like, lavishly decorated, and you're like, I wonder when they started making some real money. Right. Uh, so I, I try to pick up the phone, and I think this is one of the choices that, like, on the surface, it appears as though you have a choice, but really you end up in the same place. Mm-hmm. So you pick up the phone, and that's when I think, like, nobody's on the other line. But you can enter a line of questioning with Beauty and the Beast about, like, why is this person calling? What are you doing, Beast? Right. Why do you have all of these lavish things? Okay. So the three options for me was pick up the phone yourself, let Beast pick it up, or let it go to voicemail. Yes. And I screwed up because I think I picked the worst choice, which was let Beast answer the phone. <laughs> because if if you <laughs> let it go to voicemail, you hear the message they leave, I guess. And if you pick it up, clearly, as Mo said, you hear what they're about to say. In my situation, at letting Beast pick it up, you then have to go through further lines of questioning to get to the point of like, okay, yeah, you're deep in debt. You owe some some people some money you definitely don't want to owe money to. Yeah, my first playthrough, I stopped Beast and I let it go to voicemail to hear the, the guy talking. And then my second playthrough on that train, um, that's when I did it your way and I let Beast get it. So I didn't get in for the information, but I kind of already remembered who answered the phone. So I, I, probably, I kind of dipped in both, uh, both sides for that one. So I, I knew what was going on, but I also... That let Beast answer the phone. And that's where you quickly discover that you have two options where to go next, right? Because Beast says he's been delivering packages um, for, for, for the, does he say the crooked man or does he say I've just been delivering packages? He says that he's been delivering packages and he will not 
admit to knowing what's inside them mm-hmm. and exactly who they're for. Yeah. There's kind of an illusion to like yeah. maybe the crooked man is involved. But I don't want to know. Yeah, exactly. I know that I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. This is just how I put food on the table and yeah. buy these expensive paintings. Yes. So that's when you're, you know, you're, you're presenting those options. The Lucky Pawn, the Butcher Shop. Gentlemen, what did you decide to do first? I went to the Butcher Shop. Butcher Shop. I went to the Butcher Shop as well. Okay, so all three of us went to the butcher shop. What happens when you get there? So you get there, you see that it's pretty dusty, there's not a lot happening, all of the cuts of meat are not fresh, they're frozen, they're rock solid. So much freezer burn. Yeah, this place does not look like, you know, people are, are you know coming here to buy their meats. And so um, you can look around, you can interact with the space. Then I think you ultimately ring the bell. I think before that you're given the option to smoke inside or not. Right. Which I smoked inside. I totally smoked inside too. I was like, screw these people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to huff and puff and blow this this storefront down. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, so you ring the bell and the butcher comes out and he's like, oh, shit. He's like, well, Bigby, let's, uh, what what kind of cut can I get you? Can, Can I... I can cut you a fillet if you want. I can cut, you know, this top store. It's half price. I wonder why it's half price. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever heard of Ziploc before? That would keep the freezer burn off your (laughs) meat. And so you end up cornering him in this conversation. And he's like, let me just go check in the back. And he hits his button on on the way. And you move towards the back. And you're like, damn, this, this dirty damn butcher decided to hit this button. And that's not a good sign. It's a panic button you come to discover. Yeah. And so you're walking through the back in this dark butcher's space with all of these hanging cuts of Colin just just there. Big pork slabs just hanging from the from the ceiling. And uh it it was it was so you're trying to track down the the sound of the butcher trying to, to get through and t- trying to escape. Um and then you ultimately find him at this back wall trying to move stuff so he can get inside this this metal door to the back of the place this whole time though i'm thinking this shady butcher but at the same time too i wasn't sure if he was in on it or if he actually was an innocent butcher like trying to make his way maybe stuck in a tough spot i couldn't tell either way which side he was kind of leaning towards i thought i thought he for sure was the wolf in sheep's clothing I oh. thought that he was a person that looks very meek, mild, and innocent and was going to murder me or attempt to murder me in the back with all of those cuts of meat. This guy, he's, hey, just because he doesn't sell much doesn't mean he doesn't know how to cut cut things. Okay? Mm. Yeah. I, I got right to the back, so there's a confrontation in the back. I thought this was a really cool like set piece moment where you're walking through. I was tickled pink the whole time I was walking through these call-ins on the hooks. <laughs> and... All you can hear from the back is Johan, who's that's the butcher's name, kind of call out and be like, oh, don't come back here. Like, I'm just tidying up. Just, just you know, don't mind me. And you finally get to the back. You confront him and you see a bunch of delivery boxes that Beast would have been delivering. And you have a physical confrontation with Johan. So what did you guys do when you got to him? Did you question him or did you start to get physical? Oh, I'm, I'm a good wolf. I'm a good big bad wolf. So I, I didn't, you know... I didn't. Uh, I didn't lean on him too much. I just asked him questions. Mo, I punched him square in the face. No, no, no. <laughs> I definitely got physical. I was. I was kind of frustrated. I said, "This guy, if he doesn't know anything, he's still getting the hammer because he's not giving me any information whatsoever." So I, right. I, I gave him a punch or whatever. Okay, 
And I don't even have to ask what Jacob did. We know we beat the crap out of him. Yeah, I squeezed his face real good. Ooh, ooh. And this is what happens to his face when you squeeze it. He makes these sounds like you're squeezing someone's face. Ooh. Like, just imagine you're squeezing yeah. someone's face. What sound does it make? <laughs> I have a problem. You do. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so you get into the back and you find essentially like a chemistry lab and uh, a code on the wall for all of these different... Uh, glamours and uh, you, you end up talking with Johan and, and you find okay this is where they're mass producing these glamours these are for all the people they're producing the glamours and they can make this stuff non-stop and you see these shackles on the ground and they're bloody and there's there's all kinds of stuff there and you realize that fables have been enslaved here making these glamours this is not something that people are doing willingly uh, because if you have someone that you're paying a decent wage and the, they would do that willingly, you don't need to shackle them to the ground. Um, so clearly some things that are not going well have happened back here. And it sounds like they've been happening for a while, ever since the AC broke down and uh, and, and they, were, they, they forced their way back there. And so you end up finding out that it's the Jersey Devil, Bloody Mary, and who else? They ended up playing a... a card game back there in the middle of a um, heat wave uh, and he thought he was doing them a favor and then they squeeze in so and just start taking over his operation yeah they took over just like the mob just like the mob all that I could think of oh shoot it's a meth lab breaking <laughs> big B that's all I thought of breaking big B that's immediately Love what it. I thought of when I entered this place I did not expect like a glamour lab in the back of this butcher shop yeah, no, I I didn't either. It kind of came from out of nowhere, just with him opening up that gate, cranking it open, and then holy crap, that's breaking bad, like Jacob said. Um, and that's yeah, exactly with Mike. I got to the same point. It's becoming like a crime mob, mafia kind of storyline now. You understand there's a big guy at play. He's got lieutenants, and everyone's staying silent, or else they get their ribbons pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where we kind of, uh, I guess, finish off with uh, the butcher. So one of the details that I'm wondering if you guys picked up on, and it made me it made like the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Um, so we see, if you inspect the whiteboard, that there are all of these lists of names of different fables who need glamours. Did you guys take a look at the, the list of names? Not at the all. The only thing that I noticed in particular was that they were sending glamours to the farm, too. That's right. all that I noticed, which I'm like, why are they sending glamours to the farm? You don't need a glamour if you're at the farm. But what did That's you notice, Mike? So there's uh, Mrs. White up there. <gasps> Yo, what? Right? There's a Mrs. White on that board. There's a Mr. White as well, which confused me. <laughs> but there's a Mrs. White up there. Yo. Yeah, so it was like, are you telling me that Snow White is glamoring as other people um, and doing things? Or is this telling me that people are glamoring as Snow White and maybe the person that I'm interacting with is not Snow White? Yeah, because they don't specify, like, is the list for who you're turning into right. or who the client is. Right. It's just Yeah, it's just a list. And I, that's so funny, Mike. Your head must have been spinning because you're already thinking about the wolf yeah. in sheep's clothing. Snow White's going to be the villain. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, trembling. You figured it out. You figured yeah, it out. Yeah, exactly. I started like, oh, damn. Like, I can't back Snow in anything now because, like, she might be the wolf in sheep's clothing. She might be 
the one who orchestrated all of this to knock down Ichabod Crane and become the new mayor of Fabletown. Oh, my right? God. This could be a political drama more than a crime drama. I, I just picture Mike hyperventilating like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I did it. I figured it out. I beat the game in episode four. Now I don't even need to play episode Yo, five. I was tempted to send you guys messages like Wolf in Chief's Clothing. Could it be? Could it be? Mrs. Snow White? What did you do when you figured that out? Did you like throw down your controller and you were like, I'm done? Well, I wasn't convinced that I had figured it out, but it, it definitely made me definitely made me think like, okay, there are way more options here for how this story can go than than what I was initially thinking. So it definitely opened up the possibility space. Now that our minds are blown, can you just help help us bring them back and say, you know, where do we, we go from here? We have to go to the Lucky Pond. Right. So we head to the Lucky Pond, and you find the Jersey Devil getting into a fight with the Huntsman. And the Huntsman's like, my dude, where is my axe? And the Jersey Devil's like, what kind of place do you think this is that you can just leave stuff here and it's going to be here when you get back? Like, this is also a storefront. And so they start getting into a fight, and you kind of have to decide, who are you going to back up in this fight? Which seems like a pretty easy choice to me. I don't know about you guys. What did you do? I took down I, the the old man with the glasses because I knew he was a lieutenant for the mob bosses. He's definitely just as bad as Bloody Mary. And I know Woody had like a genuine... He just wanted to rough the guy out because he sees him as just like a tiny dude maybe. Um, so I definitely took down the new bad guy that I didn't know nothing about. Mike, what did you do? I totally fought the Jersey Devil. I was like, there's... There's no way I'm fighting the Huntsman in this case. Like, he's got a legit legit situation. Also, screw the Jersey Devil. Uh, what if you hate them both and there's a secret third option? Is there a third option, Jacob? Just let the timer go and just let them fight. <laughs> Did you do That's that? That's fantastic. Yeah, you can let the timer go and they just fight. I don't know why I felt I had to make a decision. I could have enjoyed the show. This is the first time in this whole series where I'm just like, I'm not going to make a choice here. Like, I'm, I'm just going to see what happens. And I'm really glad that I did because I just let them fight because I hate them both because I'm Big B. I'm playing my role. I hate everyone. Um, so I just let them fight. And that's when the Jersey Devil reveals his true form. And let me this- tell you, the first time that I saw that true form, holy smokes, what great character design. That, that's that's the craziest thing too. I think for him, his original like glamoured up look. So just to kind of for anyone that hasn't played it, hopefully you guys are playing along. But he just looks in case. like someone from Jersey. Yeah, yeah, no, he's just like a, a skinny middle aged man, balding, has a, like a bald spot in the back of his head. The whole like spiel someone from Jersey. <laughs> yeah, uh, just not intimidating looking at all. Um, and all of a sudden, when he transforms, he turns into like a deer headed mega soldier batman with giant horns and a skull face um that's kind of the best way i can really explain it and and you guys can you guys chime in at all (laughs) pass mike that mo described it perfectly (laughs) yeah like a gargoyle with a chicken face yeah Yeah, that's pretty good and this is where it kind of gets crazy because he just starts diving swinging punching and you get one of the awesome wolf among us like quick time events where you start fighting him bashing his head in punches swinging and all of a sudden, splat, uh, the woodsman throws his axe through his skull. And in my head, I don't know about you guys, I thought, that's not going to kill him. It's never killed anyone in the right. past. What's yeah. happening? Why are we doing this again? Yeah. And I was like, okay, like you're in this real fight. Why don't you just actually finish him off? Uh, and so I think the, the woodsman ends up 
just hovering the axe over the Jersey Devil's throat. And then you get into a discussion with the Jersey Devil, trying to, I guess, squeeze information out of him while you can. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we end up getting out of him? Uh, well, I think two things. You first end up finding out about the Crooked Man's lair and how you access it. But the whole reason... Movable doors. Yes. And also the whole reason you're here is because at the butcher shop, you're actually told you need to find the last piece of the magic mirror, which is in Crane's coat. Ichabod Crane's coat. So it is Ichabod Crane then that destroys the mirror. Yes. Gotcha. So you have to, one, find, you find it open doors, and then two, Ichabod Crane, get that magic mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where it kind of gets a little mystic and kind of cool with that door-changing little Easter egg they drop. Well, not Easter egg, but just um, fact about how to get to the Crooked Man's lair. I-, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, every once in a while is what they're implying. The door changes, and it's in a different location in the real world. So it becomes like, okay, this like kind of fairy taleish world that we live in that they've kind of made normal. This is the first kind of like crazy bit of magic that you kind of see firsthand. So we know now, so we search Ichabod Crane's jacket, we find the missing piece, and we know we have to go back to the business office to fit the mirror back together, to find where the, the crooked man is, to find the door to get to him, and then to get there. Mm-hmm. And so we end up hustling back to the business office, mm-hmm. um, and we hand the puzzle piece, or we hand the, the piece of the mirror to our little friend, Buffkin. Who? Buffkin. Butt monkey? Butt monkey, that's it. <laughs> Butt monkey. Um, give it to our little friend from Oz, and he's like, this won't go in the mirror. It's fighting me. It doesn't want to go there. And you're like, I, like, I don't know. Stupid mirror, just fit back together. I'm trying to fix you. Um, and then we end up finding out that because the mirror was witness to the fight at the pawn shop and to Bloody Mary in general... Um, it was it, it took on some of that voodoo magic, some of that mojo, mm-hmm. and was going to resist being put back together. And then once Buffkin knows this, a little butt monkey friend, <laughs> he decides, okay, I know what to do now. I know how to caress this piece and get it back into a hole and make it work. Is that a good summary? Uh, that's a pretty good summary. Um, and that's when the mirror, the mirror finally comes back, comes back to life, and you immediately are like, I need to know where Crane is. Um, did you rhyme? No, I didn't rhyme. Of course you didn't. Screw that. You're rhyming, no fun. rhyming is for Mo, children. Did you rhyme? Of course I rhyme. Those are the I rules to play the too. game. Yeah, it was freestyling on that mirror. I refuse. <laughs> I tried to freestyle one time while we recorded, and it just went poorly. So I said, <laughs> "No way, let's not do it." I figured Big B had some, you know, some flow, some rhymes, some skills. No, no, no. skills. But you MC see, MC Big B, MC Big B, you see where Crane is with Bloody Mary. And she's like, you need to go to Paris and go away. Do you see? Yeah. Oh, okay. One of my one of my things about this game was like, I don't think I know where Crane ends up. So Crane ends up um, being sent off somewhere. Yeah. So there's, uh, you'll see Bloody Mary and Crane and Bloody Mary's like, you need to leave. You need to go to Paris. And that's kind of. Gotcha. And and the, the most badass thing happens where Bloody Mary is like, like knows that she's being watched and she uses her magic to prevent you from watching her. Bloody Mary is a badass in yeah, this game. She's crazy. Don't mess with her. No, definitely it was don't really, mess with her. It, it was really cool too. She just looks right at you looking in the mirror and you can tell she knows what's going on because Bloody Mary, she deals with mirrors all the time. Professional mirror officer over here. 
Yeah, and she destroys it. <laughs> the one thing we kind of tiptoed over was this is one of like the major, I guess, decisions of the game. Was I know exactly what Jacob did, so I guess I'll ask Mike. Did you? <laughs> what do you send, mean, guys? Come on. Did you send Toad to the farm? Of course, I sent Toad to the farm. I sent Toad to the farm as well, Jacob. I'm assuming you kicked him to the law. farm. Wow, gentlemen, we agree for once. And on my platform, only 22.2% of players sent the uh, TJ and Toe to the farm. Same. I did not think I was being harsh. I was like, this is the like third time I found you, Toad mm-hmm. person, not glamoured as a person. Yeah, you're going to get us in trouble. You need yeah. to glamour up. There was complications every time with him if we didn't like interact like properly with him. The one time he kind of lied, his boy was in danger because the Tweedledees and Tweedledums were at their exactly. place. He's not I helpful. S- yeah, just send him to the farm. He'll be fine over there. I know it sucks, but in my head, because I'm thinking I am the big bad wolf, I'm like, oh, he'll come back soon. This is just a temporary to make sure the city gets safe, and then we'll bring all the citizens back, even though that's not part of the story. That's right. Oh, Big B, you're making me go to the farm. Is that a bad? That's a bad. That's a bad, Mister Toad. Okay, I'm sorry. but, but, but better than most of yours. Yeah, Thank better you. than most <laughs> most impressions. I think it's the hate coming through, gentlemen. Uh, so you find out where, what's going on there, and you have to see... I, I think the next piece is figuring out how to get to the Crooked Man, correct? Right. Yeah. So you look in the mirror. You see that uh, the Crooked Man's seal is moved to a new door somewhere in, I think, Greenwich Village? Central Park. Park. Oh, Central Park. That's where it was. And so Bigby storms on out to go get there as soon as possible before the seal moves. Uh, and when you get to the door, you open it up, you go through this gate, uh, and who greets you on the other side? But little tiny Tim. We're, we're approaching the holiday season, uh-huh. so I didn't click immediately that it was like like Scrooge and tiny Tim. Are you kidding me? I, I Look, I'm not a big fairy tale guy. What other... No one read to me when I was a child. He he looks like Tiny Tim in every way. What does Tiny Tim look like? Exactly like the character in in the in the Wolf Among Us. <laughs> like exactly. No, I, I only no smaller. Idea. I read the Bernstein Bears when I was a child. I did Bernstein. Bar- Bernstein. Bernstein Bears. I, this is where I was like again, kind of surprised. I'm like Tiny Tim. So one, I didn't call him Tiny Tim. I I respected him to his face. Mm-hmm. Um and call him Big Tim. Yeah, Big Tim, because uh, he was growing up a bit. Um, I I was surprised because it sounded like he liked wor- working for the Crooked Man. I was like, oh, so this is where they're going to start throwing in some more moral grays here. So with Tim, though, I, I, I throughout that little kind of part where you're kind of he's walking you to this random doorway. We don't know what's going on whatsoever. We just know you're being followed along to a doorway and you're kind of given the option. Do you be kind to him? For me, I figured, you know what? This might be a complete like story turn. We, I might not understand what's going on. It might get flipped on its head. So I was totally patient with him. I walked to the door slowly. He really wanted to walk me to the door because he said that's his only job and he mm. has to do it. So I said, what's it going to hurt? Like I'm not, I don't hear any commotion. Followed along, opened the doorway and sure enough, what do we see? It's like a round table of baddies. Yep. And I, I totally felt the same way. I was like, one, sure, I'm going to totally respect this guy. Let him do his job. Um, the second thing was, it's like, why would I want to be in front of him? If something, I'm not going to turn my back to someone who works for the guy who I'm going up against. And also, if something bad is going to happen, I'd rather have his back to me or us being side by side. Just from, you know, from a purely paranoid strategic perspective, Jacob... You were a complete dickhole to him. I 
can totally guarantee. Was that what you did? Yes. Yeah. I, I walked. I walked fast because I'm like, I don't have time. I'm a busy man. I'm a detective. I don't have time, Tiny Tim. Yeah, you need to walk faster. I need to walk faster. I walk faster. Let's go. <laughs> and how did he react to that? Uh, he was not pleased by that. Right. I, I think that I, I kind of made him feel, you know, tiny as a man. Mm. Uh, so I just busted through those doors and. Man, what a scene when you walk into that office. Yeah, there's a lot of aggression in that room. Did anything come of you kind of rushing along and getting to the door before Tiny Tim got there? Or was it just a side part of the story that didn't influence anything? Well, no, the crooked man, like Tim enters and like enters afterwards and he's very apologetic. You can tell that he respects the crooked man a lot for everything that he's done for him. And the crooked man, surprisingly, like I was expecting like mafia boss like in the godfather sense not like this like very nice he was almost nice the crooked man he was gentlemanly yeah he's like tim it's all right it's was he british i don't remember but i don't think he was no but i'm in my mind he's british because in my mind everyone in this game is british except for bigby but he said it's all right you're fine and that's when i just went on a tirade and was just mean to everyone yeah, you were you were a dickle. Yeah, well, there's only there's only one choice left. You know, once you enter the room and yeah. you see the remainder of you know if you've all if the you've, lieutenants together. Yeah, if, if you've killed D, he's not there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because oh. I killed D. Remember? I was really frustrated in mine, uh, which I guess we'll explain in the next episode. That yeah, he was a bit of a dick, and I'm like, my dude, I didn't kill you. I spared your life. Mm-hmm. What are you going to look at me like this for? Oh, and see, I just got the eyes, but understandably, I killed yeah, his brother. Yeah, you killed his brother. Yeah. Um, and then the final choice you're given, I will read out the options. Okay. Um, you have the option of, you know, the crooked man invites Bigby to talk. The options you're given are, no, you're coming with me. All right, let's talk. You can threaten him or you can just smoke. So... Mo, what did you do? Because I'm not actually convinced I know what Jacob did here. Oh, um, I approached it just like how I guess most of us did. Like, we don't know much about this. He's definitely a bad guy. I can't really get into a fight because every bad person is here. So I said, all right, let's talk. Wow. Let's let's see if we can figure this out. Okay. I I lit up in his nice cigar room. Nice. Is that what you did, Jacob? No, I threatened him. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I was actually torn. I was like, which one is more disrespectful? Just smoking up in this guy's room or, you know, saying like, you're coming with me, dickhole. Let's go. Mm-hmm. No, I threatened him to his face. What what happens when you threaten him? It, it's like a hard cut to credit. So Ooh. like that was a real moment because this episode is pretty short, right? Episode two is short. Episode four is short. This game moves. It's it got, does. It gets clicks. It Once, does. After the first two episodes when they're setting up that story, the rest of those episodes just keep moving. Yeah, I think this game I clocked in under five hours. But episodes two and episodes four are definitely like 40-minute episodes. Not much happens in this one. I find compared to everything else, this penultimate episode is the one that kind of the, the least amount of things happen. And that's okay. Um, but that's where we end this episode. Gentlemen, any more comments about episode four before we close? I was just really excited to get into episode five. I started it immediately. Mm-hmm. And same with me and with the passenger that was sitting next to me. We both started episode five right away as well. <laughs> Did someone join you on the train while you started playing? No, but it's, there's such close seats that like I was playing on my, my laptop and he was definitely a part of the entire ride watching, figuring out or trying to figure out what kind of craziness am I playing? 
We will uh, be back next week for episode five, Cry Wolf uh, of The Wolf Among Us, which will be our last episode in the Wolf Among Us series. Uh, if, As we've said before, if somehow you've stumbled all the way to the end of this and you've not heard the first three episodes, you can check those out at leftbehindgame.club, along with another 46 episodes of this show. Like we said, we've just hit 50. So again, thank you so much for listening if you've listened to a slew of our episodes. If folks want to interact with the community that uh, has been built around this show. Mike, where would be the best place to do so? You can find us on Discord at leftbehindgame.club. There's a big fat button right in the middle. You can click on it. You get teleported into a community of people who are very cool, who share a lot of really good game deals that are drying up my bank account and are talking about the latest game that we're playing. What were we we talking about earlier? We had a really Uh, hot discussion around... uh, What was it around? Discless Xbox. We're yes. talking about whether you should buy digital copies or physical copies of games. Um, we we're talking about game collections and what the best way to preserve them is and you know how you're ever going to be able to play games like this in the future. And I think we even talked a little bit about the new X- Xbox backwards compatibility improvements. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of cool discussions that are happening. Jacob, so word on the street is we have a fancy dancy Reddit ch- uh, subreddit now, correct? That is correct. So if you go to reddit.com slash r slash left behind game club um we're posting all of our content uh, on reddit in addition uh there are a couple threads that kind of go with the show um so if you are on reddit and you like this show check that out again that's reddit.com slash r slash left behind game club mo if the folks want to find you on the internet where is the best place to do so on most social media platforms you can find me at mmurtadi or mmurtadi.com Mike, where can folks find you? At RuflowM on most social places online and MichaelRuflow.com. Jacob, where can the people find you at? They can find me at Jacob McCourt primarily on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram too. My website, JacobMcCourt.com. And that, my friends, is one less episode left behind. <laughs>